everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the POD Cast, your favorite podcast about new metal. This month, we are covering a long, long overdue album, one that has been in the polls a record number of times. And they finally are getting their day in the sun. Yes, we are covering every six seconds by the band Saliva. I'm John, and with me is a man who is paralyzed by fame and fortune. He's a superstar. He's Brian Quinby. Hi. How's everybody doing? It's me. I'm here. I'm here to <laughs> the podcast about Saliva. I'm so happy this album won. I gotta tell you. Uh, this is this is one I've been wanting to do forever. It's one I didn't think we were gonna get to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, because it just felt like it never won. It, it kept losing. You know what I mean? And it bummed me out. So it winning this time, I think I fucking did a victory dance. I actually did a victory dance on Twitter or X and uh, in my house and everything. I was so excited to listen to this album. Really. Not just one that I hadn't heard yet. I never listened to this. I waited until... Very because cool. this is not the type of album I would have liked. Well, we'll talk about that. We don't have to. We'll get there. We'll get there when we when we talk about the album. But first, I think it is prudent to discuss, Brian. You and I uh, were recording this episode January third. It is the new year of twenty twenty four, and uh, we haven't spoken since the holidays, since the holiday season. And you and I, I think, fair to say, we both kind of had a bit of a new metal Christmas. Do you want to do you want to start with your uh, with your new metal Christmas? I've yeah. been made fun of because I got the most gifts in my house. Um, That's nice. Yeah, when I got I got a daughter, but you know what are you going to do? And um, so I got a bunch of gifts, and one of them was the corn uh, Adidas shirt. One of the corn, the life is peachy one. I like that one. I didn't like the flame one very much. I'm not a flames guy you know what i mean so uh i think it would be a flames guy though no i am not a flames i do not like flames on shirts it's a weird shirt too like it's like i I don't know it just doesn't look good so this one i got i like the back of it it's got it says like adidas on the back and like the and like a weirder font not in a corn font but in a different font oh, and it's, also, it's also made for big boys it's made like a shirt from the era that corn was big like it's big. yeah i saw you like you you posted pictures of you wearing it and like you you had tweeted first that it was big like the era and i was kind of trying to picture that and then i saw um and then i saw uh the picture and i was like whoa it was kind of almost even bigger than i was expecting yeah yeah it's big it's a big boy well, it's I have nice. some news. I have some news on that front, Brian, because I was talking about we were actually talking about your your Christmas presents on on the on Blocked Party. How dare you? And I know. And a listener of Blocked Party, who's also a listener of the POD cast, Howard, sent me a DM and said that they won uh they won that shirt. I don't know if it was like in a contest or something like that, but they were like, Yeah, I got the shirt, I tried it on, it's not for me do you want to have it? I'll just send it to you. Sick. And I was like, yeah, I it's do. A good shirt. 
So I, so I got one and it's my size. And so I got, I got that shirt coming in the mail. So you and I are, if we ever do a live POD cast again, you and I will be able to have like a matching, uh, a matching uniform. And I got the, I got the shoes. Yeah. You have the shoes. I don't have the shoes. Made by the pants too. I might buy the pants. <laughs> I haven't decided yet. Now they only, they only did the purple ones, right? The purple pants. I they got some black ones, but oh, they, they, they just had corn on them. I don't think they're like, uh, they're not the, let me look. Corn pants. Uh, bottoms. Yeah, they got... Oh, well, corn sells pants, actually. I got to go to Adidas because corn has their yeah. own. Well, because those are... I mean, they sold out, right? So you'd obviously have to buy them aftermarket. You have to go to StockX, baby. That's probably where my... I think my parents got mine. Uh, parents. My parents. My daughter and my wife <laughs> who sometimes <laughs> act like my parents. <laughs> God damn it. I got so much stuff for Christmas. I feel like a kitty boy. Uh, these are the pants we're okay. looking at now for the people that are watching. I think this comes out on video, right? I don't know. Uh, no, it doesn't. Okay. Well, you're not seeing it. These Only are, the bonus episodes come out on video. These are the corn pants. Okay. Yeah. You can't get them to turn, but they just say corn on the side. That's it. Okay. So they're kind of plain. Yeah. Plain Jane. So they're not really any point in getting. Yeah. Like spending the over the cost to have like the little corn logo on there but i do like having the little corn logo (laughs) well i mean i think the ability to wear sort of the full outfit is is pretty sick like to have to have the you know the shirt the the pants and the shoes because the the shoes look good like you had showed me them not on your feet uh you know you had just brought the box into one of the recordings i saw but like seeing them on your feet, like the shoes look very cool. I like the purple laces too. Like the purple laces are sick. That's well, that the way to go in those. They have black ones and, and white ones. And I picked purple. I want to get purple hat now. Like, yeah, I have a purple hat. I have the, uh, the old Tampa Bay Rays. They, they had a purple hat with a black brim. I'm going to see if I can get one with a purple brim, but that's very hard to find on the new era. Cause I wear like a yeah. very specific type of hat. Oh yeah, me too. Uh, my my they bought me two hats for Christmas. Uh I just gave them my size and said, "You know what? The best bet is uh minor league baseball teams. That's where you're yes. going to find the best ones." For and sure. they got me two hats and I like them. But I wonder though, I would bet the Rays have an old school one that's a, like a black with a purple brim. I would I should look I would almost bet. I'm looking right now. Sacramento Kings is probably. A good oh yeah, that's a good one too. But you don't always get that. You don't always get the hats, like really good hats with a non-baseball team. You know? Yeah, yeah. Minor league baseball. I'm sure there's a minor league purple baseball one for sure. I, I'm yeah, but you, but you're saying you just want purple brim. You don't want purple hat. Well, not purple hat. Purple brim. Purple on the like this one I'm wearing currently for everybody is red. It's got a red brim. Yeah, it's red. black and it's got a red heart on it. Uh, popping bottles. Right. And uh, I yeah, the Rays don't really have a purple brim one. Yeah. Well, I don't know, but you oh, have- actually, you know what? The Toronto Raptors also their old school jerseys were purple. That's true. So, so they might have a cool purple brim. Like there's a purple hat with a black brim. It's harder to find the black hat purple brim combo. Well, you're yeah, you're you got the real new metal uh gift, I think. Over, well over me. Like I got a good one, right? Yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, you got a good one. Yes. Yes. This was very surprising because uh my wife Becca had sort of told me 
um, you know, she had told me that, you know, my gift was good. Like she kind of was teasing it. Like she really wanted to give it to me. And she was like, you know, here's the, uh, you know, you're going to really like this, by the way, I'm dropping a few hats in the, uh, in the, in the chat here. There are a few Toronto Raptors hats with purple brims. I'm going to look at them in the private shop. <laughs> private chat. Oh, I like Privé that. Shah. Privé Shah. That works. Okay. John, the first one I looked at definitely has the right purple. Yeah, it's good, right? I might have to buy one. I'm not buying it now, as as I told yes, you. You just had Christmas. I fucked my bank account. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. Uh, yeah, I can't get a white hat. It'd just be yellow. And well, green. I know, I know. But it's kind of cool. <laughs> I kind of like this, the, the stripes. But anyway, you know, uh, I, I, wife, go ahead. I'll say this. Leave it to me. Making more money than I've ever made in my life to fuck my bank account up again. With it seems impossible, but guess what? You do. You can fuck your bank account up no matter how much money you have, and then your wife has to say you shouldn't hate yourself. Everything's okay. We have money, and stop hating yourself because she hears me sitting in my office five minutes ago right. saying I fucking fucking hate myself. I'm a I'm a fucking <laughs> Yeah. Like I'm so mad at myself. <laughs> you fucking loser. <laughs> that was just you a absolute loser. Dude, I did. I did. I was saying that. I was like, oh, I, I do that too, though. If I fuck something up, I I do get. I do fully talk to myself and get mad at myself. If I fuck something up for work, right? Then I'm just like, well, part of work is fucking stuff up. Sure. You know? Yeah. And. If and people kind of like when you you've sort of made an economy wow. out of fucking up. That is true. If I fuck up, then at work and and it's not totally fucked, then I, I feel okay. Like I fucked up the single recording, but we were able to salvage it and figure Recorded it out. Backups. Yes, and I. But if I fuck something up, right, that affects my family, that's I just. I just want to bang my head through a brick wall. And the amount of times, you know, I fucked my bank account up because I was really broke. Just has, you know how it gets you, you know, because everybody fucks up their bank account. Everybody. Ever do. I've never have. You've never fucked your bank account up? No, I have. Are you serious? Only once. Only once. It was really embarrassing, actually. Oh. I, I was, uh, I was going to, uh, see some friends on uh, Vancouver Island and I uh, so I went over there and this is I'm probably what am I at this time 20 maybe 1920 and so I was going over to see some friends and staying like they were still living with their parents obviously so I was just like staying at their parents house and um, the ferry uh, to take like to take the ferry is like 20 bucks or whatever and I went to go take out, this is in the days of like the ferry was still cash only at the time. So the day yeah. before I was leaving, I went to go take 20 bucks out of my bank account, which I definitely had. And my bank was holding my last paycheck and I didn't know that they were holding it and they never told me they were holding it. And so I had to like borrow money from my friend's parents and it was just like super embarrassing. Yeah. Hey, you know, like I came to see your kid and now I need money from you because <laughs> like the kid didn't have money either, you know, so you're just like, oh, and I'm in you and, and you just feel like an idiot because you're like, because you sound, you know, that you sound 
stupid or insane being like, I swear the money's in there. Like I, I put a check in there before I came here, you know, it's a, it's the bank's fault, you know, and you just know the people you're saying that to are hearing like you're a fucking moron. You're I yelled, I, idiot and you fucked this up. I almost lost my mind last month because uh, Kate was like, I'm going to mail the rent like a week and a half early. Right. And I'm like, don't do that because I'll fucking cash the thing. She's like, I'm post-dating it. So don't worry about it. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. You know, post-date it for the second. Everything's going to be okay. So she sends it. I wake up on the 31st, and they already took the money out and fucking completely cleaned out my account. And I said, uh, I called the bank. I was like, oh, fuck it. It has it's post-dated. They're like, it doesn't matter. That's up to the person, man. They cash it or not cash it. That's, that's not just, what post-dating means. It's not up to the person. That's they, crazy. Dude, they said it at the bank. Because uh, I called the bank that cashed it and my bank. And they were like, it's just a suggestion. Once you hand somebody a check, that check is live. What? So, for no, everybody out there, don't... That is not true. If that's true, <laughs> that's just new. That's just new. We're like, because people don't really use checks anymore. So right. now they're just like, no, that's we, we don't even care about that anymore because we don't care about checks. It's got to be. I don't know. When they told me, they told me at both banks. And I couldn't fucking believe it. Because I was like, then what's the point in post-dating? I said that to the guy. What's the point in post-dating? And he was like, to tell them when the money's going to be in. To tell the person you're giving the check to that the money's in the bank. Wow. Okay. Right? So this is, I'm looking it up right now. I looked it up too. Because this is, I did, I because I know that I have done post-dated checks before and received post-dated checks in Canada. Uh, the bank is not supposed to process a post-dated check. And if they do, you can actually request for the money back, but oh, it does say that right. in the United States, it is a quote, negotiable instrument mm-hmm. and can be drawn upon at any time. Yep. Yeah. That's crazy. Me. I mean, okay. So that's in, that's in fairness to me, my country yeah. does it properly. It's normal. And in fairness to you, your country's normal and wouldn't fuck somebody over like that. But yeah. That, so it's two months in a row, by the way. And I've been spe- – and by the way, I, I, nothing's fucked up right now. Right. I just can't transfer stuff from my PayPal. I just – and I think the reason I'm going nuts about it, John, is I just spent money on flights – and right. fucking an airbnb and josh don't you have a credit card i do but i hate using it i yeah really but see, that's it. what the credit card is for my guy that's a good point that's a good i mean i'm i'm fine i have all the money i, I know you're everything. fine but it's also it's like crazy in my i'm crazy john like that well, i know crazy. that i've been working with you for almost five years <laughs> but john your gift man i'm jealous really okay, yeah, I, sorry. We got, we got I do have to ask you I got some questions. Okay. For okay. When so you get back. Sorry. Yes. Okay. So we, uh, we, my wife was teasing this Christmas gift and I'm usually like pretty good at knowing what my wife will get me or like in the ballpark. Cause typically, you know, obviously in a relationship, you know, when you have a joint bank account, you're, you know, as soon as your bank account becomes joint, which ours has been now for a couple of years, presents are more just like, what is something that your partner would hesitate to buy for themselves, yeah. right? So, like, Becca, over the last few years, a lot of my gifts have been, like, kitchen gadgets. Like, I have a smoothie wow. every morning. So, Love like, those. one year she bought me a Vitamix. And then, like, one year she bought me a sous vide uh, for, for making Ooh. steaks and, and meat and stuff. I got kitchen uh, stuff this year. 
Yeah, exactly. Like it's, you know, you so see, you kind of, it's like, yeah, I would never go out and buy myself a, you know, $500 Vitamix. So Becca says, okay, I'll do something special and I'll get you a Vitamix or whatever. So and normally we don't spend that much money, but she was kind of teasing and saying like, oh, I think your gift this year, you're going to really like. So we have planned a Europe trip. Now we don't even, none of it's booked yet. We don't have, a, we didn't have the flights booked or anything, Ooh. but it's just like we, we know kind of the ballpark like dates we're going to go and we've been talking about it for a while. And so, but so, but that's the reason why this gift was even more of a surprise because we haven't officially booked the trip yet. Uh, but uh, yeah, she uh, got us tickets to see Limp Biscuit in Belfast, Northern Ireland. So, uh, so I'm very excited. Uh, they're playing. I, it's like this old park and it's, so it's an outdoor show. It's in June. Um, and yeah, apparently it's this like beautiful outdoor park. It's called Ormo Park in the middle of Belfast. And, uh, yeah, and it's just like a special, like one-off headlining thing. It's not that like, you know, next, next summer they're doing the tour with like Riff Raff and Corey Feldman or whatever. It's like, not that it's just like a special Limp Bizkit headlining show in Belfast. And, uh, I'm going June 12th. That's so cool. Uh, and I'll tell you what, you're going to get to find out if people sing with their accent. And that's exciting to me. You know, I'm also excited. Cause like I might die. Nah. It kind of feels like seeing a seeing a seeing Limp Biscuit with Irish people is <laughs> feels like uh, feels like it could go am, wild out there. I am so curious if like when they're playing the song, they sing with the accent, like the I, people well, in the audience. I'm going to need you to. I will let you know. I will make I will. sure of that. And 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 then like you are so much different than me. <laughs> I could never. Listen, I'm not going on vacation until I spent the money. You know what I mean? Like, I have been saying for months, I probably said it to you, we're going to go to California in March. Right. But I wasn't really going to go to California in March because I hadn't bought a flight. I hadn't bought a fucking Airbnb. Well, we know we know we're going. We we we're just waiting for a good seat sale, and we also have points, so we're going to book some of the flights on points and like got a seat sale. I don't even know how to do any of that. <laughs> I was googling. Yeah, can I had to buy plane tickets for four people to LAX? I, I did a multi-city air flight, right? So it's like Columbus oh. to LAX, and then Palm Springs to Columbus. Oh, I see. You're so you're going you're going up to Palm Springs for part of your trip. Yes, the last part of the trip's in Palm Springs because well, it's in Joshua Tree, but Palm Springs is where the airport is. Sure, and I think that's why it's more expensive. Because I could yeah, drive usually to, f- usually flying out of a smaller airport is a little more expensive. And we could have drove up to LAX, but the 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 flights were nuts. It it was just like, hey, you fly out at nine, you get home at eleven twenty five in the morning the next day. It's yeah. like, um, I don't want that. Actually, no. I I'm gonna have to. So, but yeah, what like I bought the tickets yesterday, and I'm going early too. I'm leaving before they do, so I can do work. Like, right. hopefully, a if you do a podcast. In LA, I'm going to be there now. If it's not a big podcast, just don't get a hold of me. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you have a big podcast, <laughs> get in touch. If you have a small podcast, don't forget my number. You don't even have my number, and you won't have my number. But, it, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I, I mean, this trip wasn't real until I bought those plane tickets. Now it's real, and it feels like a bill. 
Well, this you know trip I, mean? I would say is now real because we yeah. have Limp Biscuit tickets. So it's kind of it is kind of funny, like you know, for my wife, obviously not a huge new metal head. It is definitely funny to, uh, you know, to build your sort of dream vacation or one of your dream vacations around taking your husband to see Limp Biscuit. <laughs> but I mean, I think me and you are children is really the thing. <laughs> Yeah, the older we get, the younger we become, it seems like. We dress like dipshits and like <laughs> wearing corn shirts and like corn shoes. I'm wearing a I'm wearing a Dolly Parton shirt right now, actually. Wearing a billionaire boys club shirt that nice. my got. Yeah, I've got this was custom made by my friend Meg, and it's uh like a Dolly Parton silhouette. My yeah, uh, Gwen, it's, it's pretty sick. Cool. Gwen went to the there's a hype beast store at the end of my street sure and she picked a shirt and they were just like who's this for and she was like my dad and she was like they were like your dad's probably cool as hell and I was like, <laughs> okay. well if, yeah. every time i walk in there they're like eat shit old man <laughs> <laughs> that's the key now you have to get gwen to buy all your stuff from there so you don't get bullied when you walk in <laughs> yeah they're just like this guy ain't buying anything but i always look good i always wear decent clothes that's the thing that drives me nuts is like i walk in there in a fucking supreme shirt and they're like this guy ain't buying anything it's like why wouldn't i i bought this fucking shirt for way too much money yeah you don't know me you don't you look hey, look at my search history look how many times i've been to stock x and grailed look oh, leave, me, leave no, me alone dude insane uh, if you, i think i here's something i do with flights for everybody the more people search for one the more the money goes up right yeah, that's why what you do it in an incognito window. Fuck. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I searched from the time I woke up yesterday until about 10 o'clock over and over and over again and then just bought the tickets at, at like 9 or 10. I didn't know. Why are they you raising find, you figure out? You search all day, then you find the flights you want, and then you open an incognito window. And then <sighs> I could have done that. <laughs> did the flights actually go up though i feel like that's a bit of a rumor like i feel like they used to do that and then enough people figured it out that now they don't do that anymore i swear there was a time where they were cheaper it's not that bad though right like so it really comes down to like i think almost 2500 i think would be about what it was because my flight was For four people yeah so and like I'm alone. So like 600 round trip. Yeah, maybe somebody got himself uh, first class. You're flying first class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, then 2400 the is not bad at all. <laughs> Ask me if the other people are flying first class. <laughs> I'm gonna guess no. <laughs> they got premium economy. I just, reaction. I'm gonna guess no. I need first class. It's important. Why? What do you mean you need it? The seats are bigger. They treat you better. It's nice up there. You know what I mean? I've I've done it once. I did it once for 45 minutes. I fucking fucking went on the plane website day of. They were like, you can get first class for $35 more. Just click this link. Done. That's a no-brainer. I'm like, shit. Okay, let's do it. Found out it was just first class for the first flight which was oh because uh, it was a connecting it was a connecting flight <laughs> yeah it was a 45 minute flight and then on the next one i was in the economy again but you got but you got a taste though they gave you that little taste for 45 minutes and then you're like oh boy 
they're like, Brian, what? they were like, why'd you get first class on, on the way out there? I was like, well, I'm not going to have my family with me. And that's <laughs> makes me sad. So I'm going to fly first class and stay in a nice hotel until you guys get here and move to an Airbnb. <laughs> God. Nice. But yeah. I mean, I just, when it comes to flying and stuff like that, like I hate, I, I hate paying for plane tickets and I hate, hate, hate playing for hotels and shit like that. Like that's, but, but I try to do it. I try to start like two months early, right? Before the thing, which is probably a short amount of time. No, I think, that's, I think that's reasonable and normal. But like you get paid and you buy the flights and maybe one of the lodging places and then you get paid the next time and you finish, you get the car right. and all that shit. So yeah, I'm pretty excited to be going to, you're going on a real trip. I'm going to California, which, well, I mean, I yeah, go to all the real trip. It's, it'll be, it'll be long. Like we do have direct flights from Calgary, which is nice. We, we, we can get direct from London. I think. Are you flying from be- place to place, John? Uh, yes. So I think the plan is to, well, I don't know exactly because the plan right now is to do London, Edinburgh, Glasgow, and Belfast. And I don't, I mean, I would assume we're flying from London to Edinburgh. Uh, cause that's just like a cheap, like little, little, I said all the flights there for 40 are. minutes, but then I would guess we'll probably take the train from Edinburgh to Glasgow. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if we would, I don't know. My wife is in charge of all this. You've put me on the spot. I don't well, actually, they, they, I know, but and then, daughter, I, all I know is we can get direct flights to and from, uh, which is nice. I think it's about, we're about nine hours roughly. So that's, all, that's long. For sure. I was on a plane for 10 hours. I've never been the longest flight I've ever done is like six and a half. Well, so. I did. I did the old tenor. And then I pooped in the bathroom, and it became a whole huge problem. I ripped the crotch out of my underwear. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look at that ten-hour flight there. It's uh, but yeah, I it's fun. No, it, it's cool. Like all I want, I like for so many years. It's so stupid. I spent so much money on shit, and I do feel like you should just save it all to go somewhere. Yeah. I'm not. I know people. I know people don't have the money. It's just like if you have an amount of money where you're buying a bunch of junk, yeah, save and go somewhere. Although some people hate going somewhere, and I get that yeah, for sure, for sure. Because I'm miserable until I'm there and checked in and oh, going. Yeah. Traveling, the traveling part sucks. Shit. Misery. I don't know how people are like. I really love this, and then you'll hear about people that are like, I flew to Italy for three days and then back to here three days. What'd yeah. you even do? It's mental. But yeah, I know that the flights, when you get over there, are really cheap, though. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Like, so we'll, we'll figure it all out. I'm I not wish, worried about it. I wish your wife England biscuit. I wish your wife would have got you saliva tickets. That would probably be better for you. You've probably you've never seen Limp Biscuit, have you? I have. I saw them at the Summer Sanitarium in and you should have that's not really seeing them. So you're really seeing no, them. Exactly. I'm seeing them for the first time. It's gonna be great. I'm I'm because seeing them at Sanitarium, and I'm sure I've talked about this before, but that was like people hated them. Yeah. So it was like, you know, they got booed when they came out on stage and, you know, they did eventually win the crowd over. It was one of the more impressive performances I've ever seen in that regard. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a band where people were like booing them when they got on stage. Like, you know, most of the time when you're seeing a show, you paid to see it and you want yeah. to see it. So you don't usually 
it was a weird time. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a strange time. People were not happy that they were on Sanitarium uh, with Metallica, and so yeah, they got booed. And 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 Fred just said like, you know, fuck yeah, whatever, boo us. We don't give a shit. Like he said, he literally said, by the end of this show, you'll be cheering. So we don't care. And then he was right. Like they definitely won the crowd over. The show was sick. People uh, were so stupid back then because it's like, well, you're gonna hear rolling. You know, like that people are booing them and shit. And totally. then it's like, you're going to hear fucking Nookie. Yeah, break stuff. I think that's the thing, right? It's like people go, people go boo, but then they're like, oh, right. You have a shitload of hits. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, right. I remember, you know, it's even Becca, like, because she, she said, she's like, oh, I debated even getting a ticket for myself because they were pretty expensive. I think the tickets yeah. were like 90 bucks or something like that. So she was like, I debated even getting a ticket for myself. And she's like, but then I just thought, like, what am I going to do in Belfast, like, by myself for a night? So she bought herself a ticket. And she was like, and I was like, well, whatever, you'll have fun. Like, it'll be a fun show. And she yeah. was like, well, I think I only know, like, two of their songs, like, Break Stuff and Nookie. Mm. And I was like, no, you definitely know more of their songs. And it's then, the yeah, and then, like, track of that time period. Totally. Like, I played My Generation. She's like, oh, yeah, I played My Way. She's like, oh, yeah, I played Take a Look Around. She's like, oh, yeah, I played, you know, uh, Behind Blue Eyes, even. She was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, that's so, it's yeah. going to be the, It'll be good, and and uh, yeah, I'm very excited. For if it. a band has hits, you, I mean, there's not a band synonymous with sort of that time frame more than Limp Biscuit, which is funny. I'm so glad you got the Limp Biscuit ticket because they are so heavy. They weigh so heavy on this episode. I think for sure. After, after listening to, <laughs> after listening to Saliva, like I just. I, I, how when you first heard like the when you listened to the first like three songs yeah you can't tell me you didn't just think like i I could talk about this for the rest of my life oh yeah there's so much here the articles are crazy like they're just yeah everything is really great um so yeah let's talk about it we are covering every six seconds by (laughs) saliva it is their second studio album however it was their major label debut uh they the saliva has a very interesting career which we can kind of get into uh a little bit but i'll I'll talk more specifically about this album then we can talk about how they got to this record uh but it was released on march 27th 2001 uh it came out on island records and was produced by bob marlette who has done stuff with black sabbath marilyn manson rob zombie alice Cooper, either leonard skinnard cheryl crow uh he's a he's a heavy hitting guy oh uh this album me he's this guy this guy wrote get up stand up and like i shot the sheriff and uh, a few other songs so he's big he's like on every college wall bob marlette yeah <laughs> oh i see <laughs> i don't know why i did that it really I took me it. a long time to click <laughs> into that one i was like what are you talking about it was silly not, it was it was i like it oh that's bob great Marlet. bob bob, bob that's Marlet. how i said it that's how i read i read bob marlet bob marlet bob marlet bob marlet Marlet. like bob, a, he can yeah. even be the a french rock. yeah he's the french uh you know <laughs> bob marlet sang the oh, chanson I'm... de redemption uh, <laughs> anyway this is a stupid riff i'd like to stop doing uh (laughs) the album came out uh in 2001 like i said by 2008 it was certified platinum 
uh, Superstar was used as the theme song for WrestleMania X8, and the oh, band yeah. performed the song at the event. Obviously, this album also spawned some big singles. The first single was actually not Click Click Boom, but it was Your Disease. Uh, that song, uh, Brian, peaked on your favorite chart, the bubbling under Hot 100 at number 16. The nothing chart. The chart that means nothing at all. <laughs> like, literally. Uh, not, not, quite in a, not quite in the top 100, just kind of around there. Bubbling under the Hot 100. Uh, then they, it peaked at number 7 on the Modern Rock Tracks chart and number 3 on the Hot Mainstream Rock Tracks chart. It was also featured in the Dracula 2000 movie soundtrack, the 2001 video game Spy Hunter, the 2002 video game Aggressive Inline, and the 2003 video game Downhill Domination. Uh, and then the second single, which we find out in one of the interviews from Josie Scott, Click Click Boom was actually added to this record late. Uh, so the original pressing of this record, the test pressing of this record for the press, did not have Click Click Boom on it. Um, and then it was added after. Uh, so it was also, uh, the like I said, second single. And uh, it was on the 2001 Clear Channel band list after 9-11. Click Click Boom could not be played. Uh, yeah, it does. It, it makes perfect sense. Yes. Um, it, uh, also had decent, uh, chart performance. Uh, it was uh, number 15 on the mainstream rock tracks chart and number 25 on the modern rock tracks chart. Uh, and, uh, of course, as we know, click, click, boom featured in many, many things. Uh, it's in the film, the fast and the furious, the new guy, how high cradle to the grave and Talladega nights. It's also on the soundtrack for the video games, UFC 2009, Undisputed, BMX X, TD Overdrive, MX 2002, Project Gotham Racing, and Operation Flashpoint, Red River. And it was also the theme song of WWF's No Mercy 2001. Every six seconds, the album also performing quite well. Uh, it peaked at number 56 on the U.S. Billboard 200 and ended the year 2001 at number 161 on the u.s billboard 200 uh brian i guess we will uh we'll start where we always start by talking about our history with the band uh what is your history with the band saliva i uh, none uh this was this is like a really rough time for new metal and me and uh i'm going to talk about it a lot on this episode that that like this is this sucks <laughs> but this is one of those albums that, like, God, if we were doing this show when I was 22, I would I would have really hated this album quite a bit. Like, really, really, really hated it. Now, after doing all these episodes of the POD cast and stuff like that, I have a different sort of taste than I did before. And I think, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to listen to this and say it's good, you know, but it's not. It's not bad, and it's really funny. So, <laughs> what what do you what do you think would have made you hate it in two thousand one? I mean, this is just transparently going for hits, and this band was very active in trying to get on, you know, wrestling and uh, video games and movies, and it's just such a it the album when you listen to it from top to bottom is like this guy these guys this is a business 
Like, this is not like, this is not a bunch of guys doing art. This is like guys sitting in a room being like, okay, what, what sounds do we need in order to have a hit? <laughs> the whole lot, the whole lot, which to me now you listen to it and you're like, well, I mean, you know, there's something to hits. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's, it's or, not it's like good. having a hit is like at that time, having a hit was bad for me personally, which is funny because sure. you think about it now and and like, you know, as a person who does a podcast is not the same as a band, right? But I have to make a living doing what I do. You know what I mean? Like, sure. so uh, I want to make, I the way to know that you're doing a, okay is that people like it and are are willing to pay for it. And like, if enough are like it and willing to pay for it, you can live a very nice life. Sure. And, and like, uh, so now I think about it and I'm like, well, why wouldn't they sit down and write a bunch of hits? You know, like, with, like, especially. You matured, if, Brian. You, yeah. Well, especially. Up. I, I, and you know what? I, I, that's not to say you should do that. I don't think you should. I don't think you should do what you do for. I don't think you should do what you do to make a mainstream. Like just do what you do and hope that people come along. But I do stuff on, I do stuff on my show on guys that like is people ask for audio files. I got asked to do that a hundred times, million times from the day I started it. And I waited, but like a year in, I was like, you know, almost a year in, I was like, people really want to hear the audio files episode. So I'm going to do it. It wasn't one I was going to do previously. I didn't, really care about it i just knew that it was a very popular thing and so i did it and i think that that like this album is just some guy listen this is their first album basically i know it's not their first but it's like yeah their second but their first major yeah and these motherfuckers want to make a living doing this and to do that you have to write hits <laughs> So they sat down and they were like, how can we turn this into a phenomenon? And I really, I, I think the other side of that is, I think they wrote some fucking good songs, man. Like on accident, but definitely. Yeah. I mean, before I get into my side of it, like, I mean, so you're, you're saying in 2001, you, you know, you don't have any history with these guys, but surely uh, you must've been familiar with click, click, boom. Yeah. But saliva, you would say, so you would say for saliva, you would say like, uh, what, you know, what, what, what music are they playing? They're fucking saliva. You know, like this band was like a symbol and it's because they're the most, it's interesting, right? They're the most, they're a B plus tier band. They're a B band. I know they sold a lot of albums and shit like that. Yeah. They're definitely a B level band. Right. And but they had these huge hits and like uh, they came in late and that's another thing. It feels like they come in late and they're just like, this is what everybody's doing to have a hit. So we're going to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is all very lab grown. If, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. This album. No, no, I agree. So I was going to say like uh, before we get into it, like there's a great quote here and I think it kind of sums up the band uh 
This is from Wayne Swinney, uh, the guitar player. And uh, it says, uh, it says, yeah, the, this is just on their Wikipedia. The band is known for having their songs played at sporting events, especially WWE. The band's guitarist, Wayne Swinney, said a lot of our songs, whether they were intended that way or not, most of them weren't. They just lend themselves to sporting events. You can't watch a football game or go to a football game and not hear click, click, boom or ladies and gentlemen. Uh, which that came out on their like 2007 album, which I never heard that one. No, me neither. But to me, it's like, come on, dog. You didn't write click, click, boom to be in a Western movie trailer. You know what I mean? Like I just, or the fast and the furious movie trailer. Like I know that he says most of them weren't. So he does leave some room for, ah, well maybe a couple we wrote to be played at sporting events, but you're like, dude, don't don't piss in my ear and tell me it's raining. You guys wrote these songs to click, fucking click, boom is just so it's such a bold faced attempt to be in movie trailers it, and video games. And it's just also like because like, the it's the, like that, a guy that was like, what's popular, right? So we're in 2001. We're moving toward post grunge butt rock music, right? That's where all these bands are moving towards, with the very small exception of like Corn and Deftones. But most of the B-level bands are headed towards butt rock. Like, and yes, Click, sure. Boom, to me, is like an artifact of a weird time where we were halfway there. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? So For Click, sure. Boom is a Limp Biscuit song, but it also has the elements of like uh, what would come to be basically all radio rock music yeah it's almost got that sort of creed like the the breakdown the sort of be in my mind and i can do it or whatever like that part's very butt rocky it's funny like we we just reviewed over on our patreon the trust company song downfall and we kind of talked about how because that song came out also in this like 2001 2002 kind of weird transitional period and it felt like Trust Company was kind of doing that also where it was kind of, but less of a bold-faced attempt to become popular, but just the sort of like, we grew up listening to new metal, but we're also cognizant of the fact that new metal is dying. So we want to make something that kind of pays homage to the influences we have, but also not being new metal because that's not getting played on the radio anymore. So it's like a weird thing. And I think like, with Click Click Boom in particular, so my history is just that song. You know, I, I I never I never sought out this record. I always liked Click Click Boom. You know, it's a I mean, it's a great song. You it's just, impossible to not like to click. not like it. It has everything you would want. It's got a great riff. The click click boom part itself is very cool. And then that like post chorus is really good. It's very catchy. Josie Scott has a good voice. Um, you know, it's just a great song, but it is weird in that click, click, boom, always had that element to me. And maybe this is true for you too, Brian, where like you would hear it on the radio or much music or whatever. And it just like felt like a one hit wonder. Like there was just something about, you know, there's just like some songs, even before you have a chance to establish that they might be a one hit wonder you you just hear it and you go like i love this song and i am also just patently uninterested in hearing anything else from this band you're just like i just know that this is the song and i'll just listen to this song but i 
no need to look into this further. Your disease blew my mind because I know that song. Yes, me too. So me that too. was kind of like, okay, these guys like actually had two hits on two hits off this. This record is very sure. much uh, the, yeah. your disease was so ubiquitous on rock radio that it rock radio to me sounds like like it it I think like with click click boom, there's this okay. So in the early 80s metal scene, right? You had your your Iron Maiden, your uh, uh Judas Priest, and some of those other bands, right? Like, you know the bands I'm talking about, but like the early bands, okay? And like that music turned into hair metal. Like it, it they they kept they took what they wanted from that music and then kind of grafted hair metal on top of it. So the songs became about you know, fucking and sucking and strippers and stuff like that, yeah, right? Yeah, getting song. drunk, having a good time with the boys. Yes. Yeah. And to me, this feels like the bridge. This album feels like the bridge album of new metal was this thing where most of the bands were singing about very uh, emotionally heavy things, right? Yes. Totally. So like, and and then this comes out and Crazy Town had already come out and stuff too, I think. Um, so this isn't, but this feels like, this this feels like when new metal started to become bloated and um, bloated and not really about anything anymore, and that's what I really thought. Listen to this album, like this album has no beliefs. <laughs> it's not about anything at no. all. It's just no. an album of guys saying, like, "Isn't it cool how famous we are?" Which is not something you would have heard in 1997 1990 and they weren't famous yet you know they're kind know. of doing the I drake thing song. of like i'm the greatest and i'm famous or like i love the song hollywood we, like we'll get into that oh, a yeah. little later but like the just the message of that song of like you know hollywood chews you up and spits you out man and you're like what are you talking about number one you're a band so like people don't think of hollywood as like but it's, them, it's where they, you get made as like an actor. I mean, I know that lots of bands come out of LA and everything. Well, they were shooting for movie soundtracks. Yes, so for sure. It really does become that. You know? I guess, I guess, but it's just funny to me. And then like, I, so what I wanted to say earlier, uh, you know, the interesting history with Saliva is that they got a major label deal out of winning or getting very close to winning a Grammys competition. Um, so well, I've never heard of that in my life. I was reading that and I was like, what the fuck is that? I know I have never heard of it either. So this is the Wikipedia summary of it. And I'm sorry that I'm just going to read Wikipedia to you. But in December 1996, only four months after forming, the band hastily recorded a demo tape on the basis of which they were selected out of 117 local bands to perform at the second annual Grammy Showcase National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences local competition. So it seems like uh, this, uh, yeah, the, basically the recording academy that runs the Grammys decided to have essentially like a battle of the bands, which I've never heard of before. Movie thing. Like, yeah, so, like it totally like sounds like something made up for a movie. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Like this is uh, get me to the Greek, uh, but <laughs> but uh, in Grammy form. So yeah, and I don't think they have did it very often. Like it says it was the second annual. I've never heard of it before, but anyway, they did a local showcase alongside four other Tennessee and Arkansas bands 
And I mean, Brian, you and I love, there's nothing we love more than reading band names from the time period on this show. I Listen to the wait. bands they were in this lo- this local contest with. You ready for this? DDT Big Band. That's kind of whatever. Mashomatic. Okay. Straight Up Buzz. And I cannot even believe this was a real band. Ashtray Babyhead. Okay. I get what they're doing, but... It's, it's not that funny. Ashtray oh Babyhead. So as you might imagine, Saliva beat Ashtray Babyhead and Mashomatic uh, and finished first place at the local showcase. Then they got to go to their regional showcase held in Austin. Uh, the demo tape had since been remixed with better production and their song Suffocate was included on the 1997 Grammy Showcase CD compilation. And then they again won first place in Austin, which advanced them to the national finals held in New York City in 1997, February 97, competing against the two other regional finalists, folk trio Maggie, Pierce, and EJ, and rock band Save Ferris, which Save Ferris ended up being, you know, a decently big band. Ska Uh, band. Yeah, Ska band, yep. So Saliva lost uh, to Save Ferris, but they still got worthy consolation prizes, and I love this. They got money, equipment, and tickets to the 1997 Grammy Awards ceremony, which is really funny. Yeah. Uh, hey, if, if you want, you can fly to L.A. and attend the Grammys for coming second in this competition to save Ferris. But uh, because they had all done uh, because of this sort of attention with the Grammys and all of that, uh, their self-titled debut album got quite a bit of attention from major labels. And that sent them down the road. Uh, to every six seconds so it is very funny to me also that you know that their origin story is so interesting that they're kind of talking about you know oh we don't want to be famous or it sucks to be famous or whatever but they were clearly like blatantly chasing the fastest path to success that they could like right from the beginning you know yeah it's funny because you look at these these I mean, you look at the band now, I think it's a perfectly a perfect symbol of what this band is and what this album is that currently nobody from the band that recorded this is in the band anymore. So it is it's like a fucking Wendy's. It's they you can just plug guys in and they play the songs. It's it because you know, it's a business. This is a whole this band is so geared toward money, which more power to you. I love money. I love getting money. It's incredible. <laughs> I could I could use some money right now. <laughs> but it, it, and it's it's like I. <laughs> it's such a weird thing because it seems like I'm saying the album shitty, but I'm actually like saying it's it's fucking good in a way. It's it's good in a way that like. What if I if I said like Guns N' Roses, right? They were the last of what people would consider hair metal. They were the end of it, right? So people talk or uh, the famous story of Axl Rose really wanting to meet Kurt Cobain at the MTV Music Awards and Kurt turning him down or whatever. That's what this this feels like. The la- this is the last gasp of new metal because after this, everything's gonna be fucking puddle of mud. Like as soon as this is over, that click click boom thing, that is that is transparently trying. Like okay, I mean he's doing Fred Durst, 
Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, like yeah. even the the vocal intonation on the rapping even is is very Fred Fred Durstian, if you will. <laughs> it seems like he fucking all around the nation. Click click boom. You want to yeah. rap on my new style? Come on, the what? Like it's very Fred Durst. Like the cadence and the tone is very Fred Durst, especially because, like I said, Josie Scott can sing. He's a good singer. Well, like, he's, yeah. He, I mean, he grew up singing in a church, and I. Well, we know that Hero is not his favorite song because uh, we're going to get into uh, that. But I love that, by the way. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is a really easy. <laughs> this album might be the 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 weirdest one that we've covered because of how. You know what it feels like? It feels like an album that was half written in 1996 and half written in 2001. <laughs> Like totally. they wrote all the songs. They wrote half of all the songs in 1996, well, and then I mean, they let's wrote the other half. Let's just fucking talk about it. The song Hollywood is crazy. Um, like first of all, song, dude. I'll get out ahead of it. I love it. I yeah. love it. because I love. It's a jangle pop song. It's a gin blossom song. It's a you know, uh, it's uh, like any of the one hit one. It's a tonic song. It's a dishwalla song. Like it is, it is just a straight up jangle pop song. It makes no sense on the context of the album, but it's really good. Like I really like it. I think it's a great song, but it's so like in that moment, I think is where I think you're totally right, Brian, that that feels like a song they wrote in 1996 where they were like, maybe we're a jangle pop band, you know, maybe that's what we're doing. And then they got to this record and who knows, like, you know, I know a lot of times with these, with the major labels, you know, they set a deadline and they say, look, you you know, we're giving you a hundred grand to get in the studio. This album better be done by this date. And they go, fuck, we need a couple more songs. Uh, And they just had this Hollywood one sitting around because it just, it makes no sense in the context of the album. It makes no sense with what music is popular at the time. And this was really interesting. Josie Scott talked about it. I'm, I'm skipping ahead to the articles a little bit here, but this is from a ShoutWeb interview. And God, I used to love ShoutWeb uh, back in the day. But this is a pretty lengthy interview with Josie Scott. Uh, Therese McKeon did the interview, and it's from 2001. I don't know the exact time in 2001, but it's from their, uh, it's from their uh, release year of this song and uh Therese asked uh about Hollywood um because it is a very strange song and she asks I hear you what is the song Hollywood about Josie says we've never been af- afraid to paint with broad brush strokes we've never really been afraid to go down any avenue we've always really protected our freedom musically everybody in the band writes and everybody brings ideas to the table we're not afraid to go in any one direction and make it our own Hollywood we knew was unrepentant pop and we weren't mincing words about it. We believe that a good song is a good song. So we just went forward with it. I wrote the lyrics for it when we were in Memphis. And after we had recorded it in Hollywood, I started tweaking the lyrics. Once we spent some time in the town, the song became a different animal. It went from I'm leaving here and never looking back to kind of telling the truth about Hollywood. After we got there, it was not just Tinseltown. There was a darker side to Hollywood that sort of exposed itself to us. So that song really turned the corner once we got to that town. And first of all, it's just very funny to be like, yeah, this is actually we're protecting our musical freedom and we just liked this song. But it's also very funny to be like, 
to talk about it like you're the first ever guy to expose the seedy underbelly of Hollywood. I just love that. I loved, uh, and it's weird because I didn't have that experience. You know, like I, I had, I personally had never wanted to go to LA in my life because I'd heard it's it's a terrible place. Like that's sure. all you hear, and every song is like, oh, "Don't go to Hollywood, man. There's a bunch of broken dreams, and it's really <laughs> tough out there." You know, and and everybody's trying to get theirs. And then I went there, and I was like, "I love this fucking place." <laughs> But I, I don't, and the the a lot of the fans of my old show, when I said I love Los Angeles, were like, "That's impossible. You're not allowed to." And I'm like, "No, I think it's a great place. I I, I want to live there." But like, uh, I think it's funny to say because this is really to the people in Memphis that uh, were fans of the band. They were like, uh, yeah, man, you know, we went to Hollywood and it was a little crazy out there, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the other bands that haven't had a chance to go to yeah. Hollywood. I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, it's kind of crazy out there. There's a bit of a, people think of Hollywood as like all these actors, man. There's a bit of a dark side. There's some broken dreams out there. <laughs> You should see all the broken dreams when you're walking down the sun. You think you're going to see the sunset strip, but you're really seeing the sunset on many people's fame. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, man. It's it's such a funny song to be like, uh, well, we started writing about Hollywood and without going there, right? Yes. And like, it I've sounds like there. the kind of, because the song is like a cheery sort of jangle pop thing. It makes you wonder if... It, they were sort of like the original version of the song was like Hollywood is dope. Like it's so cool there and it's going to be awesome when we get there and I'm going to love it. And then they went there and then they were like, well, we got to be honest, man. It's, it's actually not that good. We gotta, we gotta talk about that. We can't write a song about how cool Hollywood is anymore. It's a boulevard of broken dreams out there for everybody. You know, they think you, you think about Motley Crue hanging out on the strip uh, doing doing dope but the dope happens in the recording studio everybody's doing dope it's scary there oh you think you're just gonna go walk down the street and look at people's names on stars people barf on those stars (laughs) it's it's dark i i would suggest not going there if you can help it like that is like such a guy that gets to go to a lot of places way to act you know, because I was a guy that got to go to a lot of fucking places. And it, and in my mind, I was I like them all. I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't care. I like all these fucking places. It's cool. I like Des Moines, Iowa. Fine. It's something. But you do talk to people sometimes. I, I, my brother is somebody I talk to a lot. And he goes, uh, he would say stuff like, uh, yeah, you know, L.A. is not really on my list. <laughs> you're in a fucking list and you're just saying i don't want to go to places <laughs> oh no i don't i i mean why would i go there it's just like my list is so unlimited but like it, it is like a thing where like those war stories come back somebody waited and tra- oh man you know there's traffic you know how it is in Hollywood. You've never seen this many cars, man. You know, it's crazy out there, dude. You think the traffic's big on old 76 in Memphis? Well, you ain't seen nothing yet. It's dark out there in Hollywood. It is very funny. It is, it is like, 
like because he talks about touring a lot too and how much he loves that and i think for me for the first year (laughs) i couldn't stop talking about places i'd been sure yeah everywhere man (laughs) i turned into the guy that's like oh you're going to uh you know whatever arkansas hey there's a really good restaurant now i don't do it as much because i feel like it sounds insufferable (laughs) somebody asks you your opinion but these guys are very much like i don't know what to tell you out there man this record industry is really tough you know it's crazy man we uh we only got a major label deal after like six months of being a band it's tough i know i know tough dude we all we're already making fucking money yeah I, i like that they're also like well, we put together all the best players in Memphis. To- yes, they are very big on that. Everybody wanted this guy. Everybody wanted this guy, but we got him, you know. When really the guy in this, I, I don't know who wrote the music. Right? <clears throat> it sounds like they all did. They they kind of make they kind of make pains to say in every interview that everybody has a hand in the writing because it sounds like uh, it sounds like they can all play guitar except for the drummer. So it sounds like Josie as well as Wayne Swinney, as well as the bass player uh, whose name is escaping me at the moment, but uh, uh, Dave Novotny. Oh, and Chris DeBaldo is the other guitar player. It sounds like they all could write and they all did. Yeah. write. Well, let me say that uh, the only person that's important is Josie. Like, I think anybody else could have done all the other stuff. Yeah, Josie. Uh, Josie's the only one who has a writing credit on every song, on every six seconds. And actually, uh, Bob Marlette has writing credits on three of the songs. I mean, uh, Josie is, I mean, pardon the pun, he's a superstar. Like, that is a dude that, like, was going to make it no matter what. He could sing. He's cool look. Kind of a guy. cool look. Yeah. And, like, uh, he, he just... You can read the interviews with him, and 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 the lyrics he writes are so. I mean, he writes good pop songs for the time. I don't think if this stuff came out now, it would be like, oh, this guy. But like, like uh, what was it? Uh, this first song, and if people are looking for a little, uh, now that you know, you can't sit down and listen to Marilyn Manson anymore because you know he's a yeah. very bad guy, right? Yeah, very bad. Superstar yeah. is a Marilyn Manson song but sung by a guy that's not canceled. So I would say if you're going to listen to some of this album, <laughs> Superstar is sounds exactly in the same way that he sounds like Fred Durst and Click Click Boom, Superstar he sounds like Marilyn Manson. And he's singing about being a superstar too, which was a big Marilyn Manson thing. So like that was another thing I noticed cuz like it felt like you could go song to song here and figure out what they were going for like what what hit artist they were going for i think uh i i i didn't write them all down but like there's some stuff in here man the the, the rapping in this john uh can i can i just read this lyric please yeah what's what song is this by the way let me just say your disease is so good because i like songs about being taken down sure when some, I'm going to take you down. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. They do a good, uh, one of our favorites as well. They do the, um, fuck, which, which song is it? There's, I think it's after me. They have one song on here. That's, that's, uh, in the, uh, the God smack vein where the whole song is just like, leave me alone. Don't talk to me. Get the fuck away from me. Which is, uh, I always love when the guys are like, dude, don't, don't even talk to me, dude. 
do you think I had this thought in my mind, right? That like these guys were not favorites of the people that were there early, right? Like these guys, obviously saliva is not cool to somebody who was listening to corn in 1995. And I'm not even saying that as like, I'm some cool guy. It's that by this time, a lot of the people that were there at the beginning were starting to peel off and do something else. You know, it's possible, but it does also kind of seem like, uh, they're well liked. Like but Jose I, Scott even talks about that in an interview. He's like, I don't know, we're just like nice guys and people like us. Well, I was saying it because like I wonder if it rubbed a lot of people like me the wrong I and I didn't know this until today, so it probably didn't. But uh if if the lyrics do sort of rub you the wrong way if you're a fan of some of the other bands, right? Like so click click boom, we don't you don't talk about it very much, but like listen to this line from verse two. What the hell is wrong with me? My mom and dad weren't perfect, but still you don't hear no crying ass bitching from me like there seems to be on everybody's CD. Like, that's a fucking call out for all the bands that came before them. You know what I mean? That's what they're doing. I mean, they're talking about Jonathan Davis and stuff like that. And I wonder if, because I'm an idiot and I didn't know that lyric or anything like that. I just, I heard click, click, boom. And I was just like, that's a, that's a banger. But if it, if that kind of stuff kind of rubs people the wrong way that are, are, are fans, you know, the people that, and I don't think enough fans that would make a difference in their thing, but the, but you know, they talk about, I bring it up with wrestling or movies or anything like that. There are people that see every see a lot of movies or or there are people that watch all the wrestling. And then there are people that read the backstage gossip. There are the people that read the, 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 all that stuff. And like, I'm one of those with wrestling. Right. And there's gotta be people that were like that with new metal, that they're reading liner notes. They're listening to the songs. They're trying to figure what everything's about. The more, I think the more influential people in the scene that click, click, boom, I could see them rubbing them the wrong way, which doesn't matter because again, hardcore fans of stuff, there's, it's such a small sliver amount of people, but I know I listened to it and I was just like, Hmm, okay. (laughs) Take that Jonathan Davis. (laughs) Well, yeah, I just, I do like the, uh, yeah. Like I think superstar is a great one where it's just like, it's about like I do drugs and I drink and then also my ego is huge and then I also die at 27 like all the other like ah. famous people and it's just really good like I I love that it, you know they're just like yeah man I'm I'm already fucked up it's like this is kind of your first album what do you what do what are we talking about here you're not famous enough yet to get all fucked up now yeah. there's one song that I must talk about sure dope ride dope ride this is their car song everybody's got to have a car song near the end of the album you're like this is i'm losing interest i'm starting to lose interest here it's been a while since your disease uh it's been a while since click click boom i'm not having a i'm not good at like i'm not having an easy time listening i listen to this album three times which is rare for me i usually listen one or two um but like i listened to it three times and Dope Ride grabbed me every single time I listened to it. Now, I don't think it's good. You no, know what it's I mean? not good. It's not a good song. I want to read this. I got to read this line because it blew my fucking mind that this was on the album. 
Yeah, all these busta ass people in this life want to talk that yaya. I'm show you how we deal with that in Amtown. Like that's how he says it too. It is fucking crazy. Like the just the line. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta say it again. I got because you don't even get how fucking crazy it is. <laughs> yeah, all these bust ass people in this life want to talk that yaya. I'm show you how we deal with that up in M Town. Like, oh, that, that made me. You know, all the people in Memphis just call it an M Town, dude. We yeah. know that the mean streets of Memphis. John, uh, that coming fucking, straight out of M Town, baby. That fucking lyric sent shivers down my entire spine. It was the first time listening to this, like, oh, I'll be wish you didn't do that. It's, uh, <laughs> it's something great. I would say. I love it. <laughs> and and just like even the chorus of that song, the like, uh, or the refrain, like rolling with the masses, throwing my matches, throwing my matches atop of the gasoline package. Oh, that is like, so what? Bad. You're like burning, you're like blowing up your car? Or what do we, like, I I do love, I I love that they found time for the car song on here. It's also funny to like that line is funny to me because you look at Josie Scott and he doesn't look like a tough guy. Like or you don't get no, definitely not. But it's just like it's funny to me to be like, yeah, you want to roll up to M Town, I'm a boot your ass. Like other new metal guys did look like they would fight you. Maybe they wouldn't kick your ass, but they would fight you, you know, like Sully you know, for example, I'm sure Sully's been in a few fights. Like when, if he talks about getting in fights, I believe it. I'm like, yes, yes Sully, for sure. You've probably been in fights. Josie does not look like that. He, he looks like a guy dressing up like a rock star. He doesn't look like a guy where you would be like, fuck, that guy's going to kick my ass. He looks and a I little wild now. I will say that currently now that he's like in his fifties, uh, you can tell that he was not a roofer. Uh, no, as he was cut, like you, you can tell this guy what didn't work in an office. He's a fucking he wasn't a blue collar guy. No, he he he. Well, he didn't, didn't have a job. I yeah. I think there there's only one job a guy that looks like him could have had as rock star. Yeah, he did. And he was a rock star, and but he does look like a goof. Like when I look at the pictures of him from 2001 and stuff like that, it's like, oh, buddy. That's what I mean. Like it genuinely looks like someone dressing up like a rock star. There's so much embarrassing stuff on this album. Like that as I listened to it, I was just kind of like, I'll bet you there's so much stuff he wishes he could take back. (laughs) And that Dope Ride lyric. and, And that song is probably my favorite song on the album is Dope Ride. Now, here's another one that I'm that I'm talking about. Lackluster. Okay. Now this is a song about fucking everybody. Yeah. Um, And something very, yeah. Well, you gotta have a song about fucking, which gotta have a song. And that's like, they genuinely have a song about everything. There's like superstar, which is about like, you know, I want to get back or or like I'm becoming a superstar and I don't know what to do. Then you got must've been wrong, which is like a relationship song. Then you've got click, click, boom, which is just like a movie trailer song. Then you have your disease, which, you know, bands always had some kind of sickness song. Then you've got after me, which is the like, stay away from me song. You've got lackluster, which is the fucking song. You've got uh, beg, which is the like, you know, you love me, get, get, you know, get into my shit song. You've got Hollywood, which is the Hollywood sucks song. You've got the car song. You've got dope ride. You've got my goodbyes, which is kind of their, like, that was their sort of attempt at like, I had a bad childhood, 
Like he's kind of talking about how his dad wasn't in the picture and his kids aren't going to have a grandpa. It's the last song on the album. So they have that kind of like corn disturbed, whatever, like, Oh, we, I got to talk about abuse that maybe did or didn't happen. Like, it's just, it's so cool how they have every, every type of song on here. Funny too. It, it, like I get a lot of, like when I listen to lackluster, I didn't know it was a sex song at the beginning, which is tough because I know what this is for. This is for strip clubs. Yes. Like that's what this song's for. And I I was very happy there was a guitar solo in it. There were a few the, guitars. The solo in this song kind of kicks ass, actually. <laughs> it's kind of a sick solo. Like I the the music on here is quite good. Like they're they're good at what they do. There's no doubt about it. I, I like this album from a musical perspective so much more than I thought I was going to. Right. I like the solos too. I mean, it, it maybe is a little less new metal. The, the solo. Sure, but it sounds you know? good. So who it's, cares? But this song's about sex. Obviously it's very obvious. And, and the yeah. solo does sound like something you'd hear at a strip club. And then I'm listening to the lyrics, right? This the is chorus lyrics are amazing. This is just interesting to me. Whispered. I can feel your fingers inside me, which is wow. Okay, this yes, that is. A little, I know. I was like, oh, in two thousand one, we're talking this about little, ass play, or what are we? What's going on? Here? This guy's getting his fucking ass <laughs> pushed in. Uh, I can feel your eyes fixed on me. I can feel your legs wrapped around me, and then it says heavy breathing. <laughs> I can feel your legs wrapped around me. I can feel your eyes fixed upon me. I can feel the heat from your body. I can feel the heat from your body. And then this motherfucker goes into a guitar solo. (laughs) (laughs) And you're just like, holy shit, man. You don't even have time to recover from weight. Are the girl's fingers in his ass? That's all I can think of. (laughs) That line comes on and you're like, this guy's getting his ass fingered. Well, and it was weird because I was like, at first you, because you you go through the it's like you go through the cycle in your head of you're like okay this guy's getting his ass fingered wait a minute this album came out in 2001 are we sure it's a guy getting his ass fingered is this song written from the perspective of a woman i thought about her pussy fingered because you're like i don't think like a metal guy who's trying to seem tough would talk about getting his ass fingered in 01 because you know back then that was not a thing that people talked about but then you're like, no, the legs are wrapped around it. Like, no, it's definitely about getting his yeah. ass fingered. He, he, what, that's cool. Like, shout out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's less likely, too, when you think about it, is that, like, um, it'd be a song sung from a woman's perspective. Uh, right. uh, a new metal band in 2001 just isn't going to sing a song from a woman's perspective like that and and invite people to to make assumptions about them. So uh, kudos to Josie might be one of the first guys to sing about getting his asshole fingered. So that's fucking cool, man. That's dude. You know, that's what I'm saying. So now this guy is like this, this guy that's like in my mind, like progressive, although I think he's pretty (laughs) religious, Um, but he is. Yeah. We're going to get into that. So you got the song. That's like, you got one song that's he's singing about having the fingers inside of them. And you got the other song. Earlier in the album, there's another song earlier in the album with a lyric that I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I can't, I can't fucking remember what it was now. There's so many interesting lyrics on here. Oh my God. Yeah. The whole time you're listening, because, you know, I've talked on the show a bunch before, but if you're new, almost always I'm listening to these albums while I'm playing video games. 
So like when there's a weird lyric and you're doing something else, it's like it takes you out of the game you're playing. Like, and normally that doesn't happen all that often. And this felt like every single song on here had at least one lyric that snapped me out of my video game and was like, wait, what did he just say? Oh, and the other one was the first song is like a Marilyn Manson song by a guy that's not horrible. So we got right. that and we got him getting his ass fingered on the album. And then, and then beg. Now, beg. Let, me, let me tell you about beg. This is not a thing I experienced ever in my life, but it's my favorite. It's my favorite type of story on a song. Okay. It is women wanted nothing to do with me. And now that I'm famous, women really want something. That's how it felt to me when I listened to it. And I was like, that is just, that is a perfect song for 22-year-old men to hear. Well, it's also great because, yeah, you don't, you're right. You don't really know that it's sort of directed at a woman. Because he's talking about, you know, I ran the rat race. I made the front page and I break it down so you can go down now, go down now. I bet you'd beg if you were serious. I made the big break. I made my own mistakes and I break it down, blah, 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 blah. And so it's kind of just sounds like a generic, you know, I made it, fuck you. But then, unfortunately, there's a word use that you go, oh, where he says, for every time you punished me, for every time you laughed at me, for every time you beat me down, look at me now, look at me now, look at me now, bitch, look at me now. (laughs) <laughs> so it's either about a former lover or his mom. Those are the only options. Uh, I would lean toward former lover. I agree. Because he seems like pretty cool with his parents. Like he says sometimes they weren't perfect, but I don't think he would say, look at me now, bitch. And and he also mentions in some of the interviews that they were really supportive of him getting into music. Yeah, big time. Big time. And he does also kind of do a bit of a like blowjob reference where he says, oh. I made the big break and I made my own mistakes and I break it down so you can go down. Yeah. So there's so, kind of, so yeah. That is a song by the way, written in 1996. So it makes a lot of sense that he's probably standing in a a place in Memphis and they're getting big, you know, 200, 300, 400 people are showing up to their show. And now he's like, look at me now, bitch, to his like ex-girlfriend yes. or something. And he's not famous yet, but he's kind of like, I think I'm going to get famous. So take that ex-girlfriend that dumped me so i i mean those are bad songs there that's like all the problem with metalcore yeah it's all a good it's it's always funny to me too because there's always this air in the songs that are like this of fuck you but also that like i want you back though oh yeah i would know so that's the word like yeah it's like fuck you, bitch, you didn't support me and now I'm famous, but also like, you know, look what you could have had. Maybe you could still have it if you hear this song and you reach out. I think that (laughs) any of, listen, I think any of the songs that are like that, that that storyline, the, you know, you dumped me and now I'm famous and now you want to come back. I think every one of them would go back. Yes. The person and then get dumped again like a few years later, like it it always strikes me as like, 
they're almost it's almost like the heavy metal guys version of writing a note that's like click or uh you know check yes or no <laughs> you know what i mean like if you're into me still i mean i yeah. i could forgive you i could there's i am having sex with a lot of other people right now, but I would stop doing that <laughs> if you wanted to have sex with me again. You, listen, and, and you just have to be on good behavior, okay? And, yeah, and just be I, good and enjoy and my riches and suck me off and we'll be fine. And then it's like, <laughs> it's so funny. Like, that he'll, he'll put up with as much crap as possible. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's something so funny to me about these songs because they you you don't get that in you don't get that in any other form of art. I don't think, right? Like have you ever heard a comedian like do that kind of joke? Because No, no like not really. Comedian. I mean, not yeah. You do, you don't usually get a comedian who gets famous and then is like, oh yeah, I used to have this ex that like never thought I would make it. Like you definitely don't get that. And you don't get that in podcasts. Yeah, I don't, po- poetry maybe is like the only one. You'll get a little bit in, you know, some of the older poetry or whatever, but it is also funny too because the, the idea is like it, it's such uh it's such an actual like burn on yourself also where it's like this person never believed in me and said i would never make it and now that i've made it i want them like it's such a you know like they were never supportive of me but now i'm i've made it and so they should come back because i have money now and and power and some fame or whatever Yep. Like that's such a funny concept. It is. It kills me. And every time I hear one of those songs, I'm just like, this is so good. You know, it's just a very fun, like they, you're right. They have a song. I mean, it just feels this. Listen, if you told me this was written by AI, I would believe it. <laughs> if you told me that they fed hard rock radio from 1995 <laughs> to 2003 into the AI machine. Yeah. This is what the lyrics. What yeah, you know, you're right. I think that's, I think that's very accurate. It's got um, some dicks too. It's got the, I'm going to take you down like that singing is in it too. Oh yeah. You know, like it has all of the elements of just mixing it all together, it you know? And, and I think another thing about this album that's very funny to me, is that he very fucking clearly thinks that like uh, he's a good rapper, which that now that is something I could listen to all day. It's <laughs> it's just he thinks he's great, you know. He's not. He's not he's a vibing guy. baby. He's vibing. He does. He vibes. He is a big. He he is definitely a guy that thinks he's a good rapper, and uh, it's just he's it's just these guys are really funny, man. This is the best. I got to say, we've had a lot of good bands to talk about on this show, but Salat, this album was just a revelation when I listened to it. It's everything we like. It, it, it is the Mushroom Heads bio of album. <laughs> because it's, I mean, you can read, uh, listen to it, read all the fuck, go to, you don't have to listen to it. Go to Genius and read the lyrics. Because yeah. like every song, as every song comes on, John, I'm writing Read the lyrics. Read the lyrics. Read well, the- it's oh, also, I think, too, like, the best part about that is if you just read the lyrics, whatever music you're imagining is going with those lyrics, you're close. 
Yes. You're close. Like you would not read these lyrics and think of like finger plucked folk music behind it or whatever. It's like if you just read the lyrics for beg or lackluster or click, click, boom, if you've never heard it before somehow, if you just read those lyrics and you think in the back of your mind, I wonder what music's behind this. You're right. Whatever you think, you're right. Well, and I before we get move on, I do need to talk about the album cover. We don't do that. Well, as much yeah. Anymore. So can we get I, what I'm going to do? I, I agree. We should definitely talk about it. And I think I want to just fold in one of the quotes from the Shout Web article as well, because it's about the album title. And I think this kind of dovetails perfectly with the cover. Uh, so and you knew that you knew what the title was from the beginning, right? You didn't have to be told. No, I knew what the title I, was. Yeah, I knew immediately as soon as I read every six seconds. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So this is uh, Josie Scott again talking to Therese McKeon from ShoutWeb. Uh, the meaning of the album's title. Everything we do is for a reason. And I felt like this was an opportunity to do what we wanted to do right down to the album cover and the album title. It was another opportunity to be creative and invoke thought. We thought the title every six seconds said a lot about the world today and where our society is pretty much sitting. They always love to talk about society. I, dude, that is the funniest sentence because that's the, the we joke that way. Yes, you know what I mean, exactly. About- I, I, society and the way I've been you, looking. You guys it. know about the world. Uh, I got it from a news documentary I was watching that was talking about robbery and car theft and murder and other subjects. It finally got around to sex, of course, and they said that men think about sex every six seconds. I thought that was really interesting, and it kind of stuck in my mind. I think it says it all for me, and for the record, it's dealing with everything from the healing condition to anger and love and sex and spiritually and the disillusionment with society. I think the title is befitting. Okay, go ahead. You can now talk about the title in the album. Every six seconds, which we knew was about sex, uh, very silly, but I think the cover of this is is interesting and in that it's disgusting. It is obviously a woman's mouth, uh, ready to uh, not not make saliva, but receive jizz. I think <laughs> well, uh, most definitely. There's no question about it. Kind of blurred out, and yeah. then she's wearing a necklace that says saliva, which is fake for sure. But I would wear that definitely fake and it's almost like choker style which i think makes yeah. it more it's not an exact choker but it's very tight to her neck which increases the likelihood that this is a jizz pick <laughs> and it's like well you know every six seconds we do think about sex but also every six seconds there's crime that's interesting <laughs> that whole quote about. is so funny to me yeah i thought that was really interesting that men think about sex every six seconds and it kind of really ties into religion and crime and uh <laughs> politics and kind of really everything in the world when you kind of get really down to it it's like i i don't no. number one i don't think so and then number two uh your album cover is clearly meant to invoke like yeah, this woman's, this woman's getting fucked and is ready to take my jizz in her yeah. face and mouth. This is a very unserious album. Right. Yeah. Like, it's unserious, but then they want to be serious, which is the fa- that's the favorite of this show. Anytime we get guys that are making deeply unserious art that is clearly designed to make money and get them famous, but then also when you talk to them, they try to talk about how it's deep. It's, it's about society, John. It's amazing. It's about society. It's really about society. Yeah. Um, I got some stuff here, I think. Uh, 
Uh, well, first of all, funny question from ShoutWeb. This is not any sort of thing that it just says, are you guys involved with the internet at all? <laughs> I did love that question. I had to just write the question down, you know? Uh, but I, I like this. This is from ShoutWeb. What about after me? I sense a little bit of paranoia. A little bit. It's about the condition of the world today. It's about society and how things are playing out. Which, by the way, March 27th, 2001. March. Where is this from? Sorry? Is it ShoutWeb? When is that article? Uh, ShoutWeb is just, yeah, it's March 2001. Yeah. So that article, okay, so 9-11 hasn't even fucking happened. No. No, we're still nine months away from their source. This is how this guy's talking about, right? As me and my bandmates have pretty much predicted over the last five years, as far as what direction the world is going in, it's kind of about the anxieties that come from that. Well, buddy, you're going to get some real anxieties in a few months. Like, can you, what was he even fucking talking about in pre 9 11 America? Like, <laughs> so funny it's kind of about the anxieties that come with that and everything in the world whether it's crime or or whatever it's about having your friends and family but almost having to live in a cocoon these days having to set so many boundaries and weave your way through the world today it can get really crazy something i think we all think the world is after sometimes i think we all think the world is after us insane quotes by the way uh only a famous guy only a famous guy like this guy's worrying about famous guy shit and he's like you got to get in a cocoon with your family buddy when i go outside nobody knows who i am it's great i i don't need to be in a cocoon i can meet people but i think these guys just they fucking know man they knew they were going to be famous it's very i like i wonder it, it really makes you wonder how many bands write an i'm gonna be famous song and not get famous like oh, there's got to be a be lots, millions right? of those songs, but uh, yeah, very funny, really very good. funny. They're always talking about the world and like what ha- what what the world is like now. But when it's pre nine eleven, it's just like, what are you hiding from? I don't remember. Like, yeah, we it was like a really good decade. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. last decade was great. Everybody was doing great. I, mean, <laughs> All the time. I did do a uh, hip online. Oh, yeah. I still got a couple show oh, no web part. ones here before we get to hip online. Uh, this, again, it just kind of, to me, speaks to what they were doing with Click Click Boom and just the idea that they were trying to, you know, make a big song. Uh, this is where we find out, uh, I, I mentioned it earlier in the episode, that Click Click Boom was not on the original, uh, was not on the original uh, album. So Therese asks, the record as listed on the website is different than the copy that I have. There is a song called Click Click Boom that was listed on the track listing on the website. Josie, the reason for that is that I had an idea for a second single and Click Click Boom fit perfectly. The record company had heard it and they really wanted us to record it. So they sent us back to LA with Bob Marlette. We recorded it and they were really pleased with it. So we wanted to re-release the record with that track on it so that Click Click Boom could be the second single. Shoutweb, was that the last song you wrote or the last one you recorded? Josie, that was kind of the last two minutes of the ball game. You know when you take that shot from midcourt? Well, it was all net laughter. Everything came together. Um, And so he clearly, you know, they clearly, like, either the label asked them for another single or they thought of it. Like he said, I thought of the idea for Click Click Boom, which is funny to me. Like he obviously just thought that would be a cool chorus and they wrote a song around it. I don't know. I don't. 
Doprite could have been click, click, boom, to tell you the truth for me. Like, I don't think it need. I, I think click, click, boom takes it to another, takes this album to a, a way higher level, like a crazy higher level. Oh, it's it's easily the standout song. But there are songs where these guys, like, like a, that, that. If click, uh, click, boom is not on here, this album is not, we're not talking about it in the same way. We might still be reviewing it on this show. But we're, it's it doesn't have the profile that I mean your disease is is a fucking hit. I, I'm looking oh, yeah. at it on 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 genius, and I do I will say in fairness, click click boom has twenty one point two thousand clicks, and uh, your disease has five point one. So I'm wrong, and I didn't even know this band sang your disease. But as soon as I heard it, I the fuck they sing that too. I probably thought that was a seether. Or something like that. Because I get these guys mixed up with Seether all the time. I wonder if they've toured together. That would be... Yeah, so on their uh, on their Spotify, Click Click Boom has 220 million plays. And the next closest is Always, which is a song off a different album. And it has 114 million. Is Your Disease on there? No, it's not even in the top five. I mean, that song could have been... That song was enough. For this to be a hit album. Yes, for sure. Enough that we would have known about Saliva and we would have known about this band. I think without Click, Click, Boom, they're fine. But with Click, Click, Boom, it puts them at that. I mean, it was the difference between selling maybe hundreds of thousands of records and millions of records. You know what I mean? Uh, And just, man, what a fucking song to write. Just like, if you're in a band out there, just sit down. Just write it. Put a fucking NHL 2k 15 on the screen fucking turn it down mute it and then play what comes to your mind and that's how you get big because then you've made a video game song so true uh, that's how i i've decided that's how they write those songs oh definitely <laughs> they turn uh, on the video game and they keep the sound off and they're like oh, i'm feeling like what would be playing on this menu right now what uh what would be getting the kids going? or turn the sound off on like an action movie where the yes. cars drive because that's oh, how they watch write a movie trailer watch like the trailer for fast and the furious uh five or fast five and then what happened what what comes to your mind yeah that's do how that. they score uh movies right like, like oh yeah a guy sits down and watches the movie and then kind of plays like whatever he feels while yeah that that's a good way for any of you people out there to get very famous and if you do just come on guys or pod cast <laughs> if we ask you you know um 22 million dollars we're gonna need access to you <laughs> This is the last shout web one for me, just kind of just because it was what we were talking about earlier, how everybody they got to be in saliva was like the best. Uh, so he said he, it started out as him and Chris DeBaldo. And then he says, Wayne Swinney was one of the most famous Memphis guitar players. Oh. Was he now? And the guy was really one of the most wanted guys as far as guitar players in Memphis. We finally got to hook up with him. Paul, the drummer, had been playing with another band in town and had moved. So we took him in because we really wanted the opportunity to play with him. And then Dave, the bass player, came along and we had seen him in other bands and seen him all around town. He was really talented and we were interested in playing with him and it just all came together. So yeah, everybody in Saliva is the the best musician in Memphis. The best, and that is a crazy thing to say, John. I know. Memphis is a Memphis is one of those places where the music is just incredible. You know what I mean? Like so much shit has come out of Memphis. But Wayne Swinney, he was one of the most wanted guys, Brian. He was one of the most wanted 
guys in Memphis. Okay, yeah, so you wanted to get to Hip Online. This one is by Charlie Crane, and it was uh, posted on April 16th, 2001. Were you... Were there songs you can think of when you grew up that affected you? I was just really into lyrics. I can't really pinpoint any one song. Comfortably Numb was a big influence on me. I can't actually pinpoint any song. Kiss and Motley Crue Hall all had huge influences on me. This That's the reason I'm reading this, is Kiss and Motley Crue like, are the perfect analog to this band. Yes, um, uh, and I mean, not lyrically, because the songs were really just about bitches, cars, and dope, which is he listening to this album? I'm just curious. Nikki Six had a way to show you how it was done. Not the point, just how it was done. You could tell he wasn't writing warrant lyrics. I wanted to throw a few songs out and get the, oh, the, the, he wasn't writing warrant lyrics. Now, that's where I, I kind of started thinking about what I mentioned earlier that, like, these guys aren't the same as corn deftones limp biscuit uh you know those early bands. they're just not the same they're different they're a whole different thing they are still new metal but they are so late era and that's what's interesting to me i said that about molly like judas priest iron maiden they're like there were these very serious metal bands at the metallica was going at the time. There were these very serious metal bands doing really cool stuff. And then Molly Crew came in and, and sang Dr. Feelgood and stuff. I'm not saying Molly Crew isn't good. I'm saying that they took what was a the, Molly Crew poison, all of them, they took what was like a certain thing, the the metal of the early 80s, and they turned it into like party music basically, is, yeah. is what ended up happening. And then Kurt Cobain comes in, he kind of changes that. This band is the turning something personal and uh, all that. They, it's turning it into party music. He's taking something and he's saying, I'm not going to... He says the songs are personal, but I mean, I, I can't listen to a guy who says the songs are personal in the same genre of music as like Jonathan Davis. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like this is so much party music, and it just feels like they are warrant. If if that makes sense, you know, yeah, they're the yeah. band that took the. They went in this different direction, and they were so. Again, half of this album sounds like butt rock, but like sounds like they're on their way to doing like a Nickelback, like a. a uh, you know, all of those bands we've talked about in the past. They they are on their way to that. But instead of going straight up all the way there first, they went to uh, half and half. And I just, it's such a weird thing. And it's so interesting that they're, it's so interesting that one of their role models tend to be Motley Crue, Kiss, and stuff like that. It's just really, it's really fucking crazy that they that like they get you thinking in that direction i guess you know yeah. what I mean? no for sure and i mean the quote the question right before that you read like you know i thought it was kind of interesting because the the charlie asks when you are writing is it personal and then josie says i write all kinds of things but a lot of it is personal sometimes i'll challenge myself and do something third person Sometimes I'll just write about nothing, but for the most part, at least 80% is personal. I try to make it so anyone listening can feel it. 
And that's just very funny to me because it doesn't feel 80% personal, first of all. And then second of all, just like the idea that he's sort of admitting like, oh, well, you know, if it's not exactly coming to me, like I want the people to feel something. So I will just make something up if I think that that's better for the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how everybody works, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I I, I don't, I'm not like the type of, uh, I, 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 everything I do is just off the top of my head, but I do, I, I do, there are times where you're just like, we're just goofing. You know what I mean? Like, I think more now than in the past with me with guys and stuff like that. But like, uh, sometimes you just want to do something silly and like, uh, you don't, you're, you're, you're like making things up in a way like all, there are songs here that sound like it's just words put together. And I would have thought that was stupid until I went to college and learned that like, basically that's what poetry is <laughs> making words look neat together. Yeah. We're, all, we're all just making it up. Uh, yeah. uh, the only other one I had from this was uh, Charlie asks him about superstar. He just says, I want to throw out a few songs and get the first thing that comes to your mind. Superstar. The struggle of the rock star life and how it can end up biting you in the ass. It's an honest account of the life that we choose. That is what I meant when I wrote it. Uh, Uh, You are not a rock star guy. Like when you wrote this album, you are not a rock star. I have some bad news for you. I really hate it when they talk about how the life they chose, like they went into the military. They're rock guys. (laughs) They're not in a fucking gang. They're doing rock and roll around the country. It's not a bad life that you chose. I mean, that's like me saying like, you know, man, that's the life I chose working four hours a week. That's hard work. You know, you would think that you would think it would be easy, but it's not. The life I chose was was a tough path. Um, I like the two songs that are really curious are uh, Click, Click, Boom and Dope Ride because they're completely opposite the rest of the album. No idea what that means. I, I don't I must be reading into everything very wrong. Um, and then this line, and I'm going to say this, and this is going to be everybody's, this is going to be our favorite line. Well, we grew up around a bunch of black kids and a lot of local rappers. <laughs> I grew up listening to a lot of garage tapes growing up. I like the Beastie Boys growing up. We aren't afraid of any new directions. We paint with broad brushstrokes, which is something they say all the time. Yeah, he said that about Hollywood in the Shout Web interview. We paint with broad strokes. We're happy to do a song. Any, oh, sorry, we ha- we're happy to do any type of song. Well, I'm glad they grew up around a lot of black kids because if I let is such a funny thing that a lot of these new metal guys say. Well, all my friends growing up were black, and that's why I'm just like pretty sick at rapping. I I took this to the question is when did you realize you could sing good enough to take it somewhere? Now I I'm not because a lot of this is about Ozzy and you know being in the band with his dad. But uh he goes, I have a funny story. When I was five years old, my dad was a preacher at this church, and the assistant pastor, whose son was a black sheep, well, me and him would hang out together, and he'd have these stacks of albums. And I'd look at them and remember the first time I saw the cover of Kiss Destroyer. I knew that's what I wanted to be. I didn't know what it was, but that is what I wanted to be. I didn't know what the hell they were. I knew they sang songs, but I didn't know what they were. (laughs) That is not a funny story <laughs> like he starts out by saying, I have a funny story. I was like, that's the least funny story I've ever heard. Yeah. You know, you I didn't know who I, Kiss I, were. I didn't know what music was. I was five, but I knew I wanted to be that. I saw an album and I wanted to. I mean, I would say that 90% of metal bands specifically saw a Kiss album. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I want to do that. And and it's just funny that he says, Oh, it's a fun, ah, very funny story. So you you uh, can't even imagine how good this story is. Yeah, it's great. Uh it's so good. I listened to I looked at an album and decided I wanted to rock. He shouldn't have said I have a funny story. You should never say that. Uh are you can I move to guitar.com? Yes, you, you may. Thought. This is from uh this is from Don Dawson. I don't have a date on it, but it's on an Angel Fire site, so I'll let you decide. It's pro- it's definitely from this album. I would guess it's 2001 and it's uh it's not with Josie. It's an er- it's an interview with guitarist Chris DeBaldo. Now I want to just read a few questions. Okay. I'm I'm gonna read these questions, which okay. oh, fucking Christ. You go on a site and it says uh you gotta go twice. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. When I think of Memphis, hard rock and metal aren't like the first things to come to my mind. Artists such as Elvis, Carl Perkins, Al Green, Booger T, BB King, Otis Redding come to mind. Certainly more of an R and B flavor than a rock vibe. What was the music scene like for you prior to hitting it with saliva? Chris gives an answer, and then the guy goes, yeah. I mean, you and Josie played together in a band called Blackbone prior to all this. There was obviously some type of rock scene in Memphis. Did that set the foundation for what I would become? Guy gives another answer. He goes, uh, yeah, his folks were rooted in country. Again, I always thought of Memphis as an R&B kind of thing. Otis writing, WC Handy. And then finally, the dude's like, yeah, it's more blues bass. And uh, then he goes, right. And he goes, I guess there's a lot of truth to that. When you speak of cities like Austin, you can throw your hat on the ground without bumping into some killer music club. And they've got everything from folk to thrash and everything in between. Is Memphis like that on a smaller scale? Now, how is he supposed to answer 85 questions about Memphis? (laughs) It's crazy, John. What answer was he expecting? The first seven questions are about Memphis. Every fucking city has a rock scene. Every one of them. Yes. I mean, Memphis has more of one, but there isn't a city in the world that doesn't have some kind of scene People of making rock, rock music. Yeah. yeah, but he just, he, oh, Memphis. What about Memphis? Hey, how about Memphis? This, the, also, my other favorite part. My other favorite part of this one was, uh, let me get it up here. <laughs> Striper was probably one of the only 80s hair bands. Okay. Yeah, Striper was one of the only 80s hair bands to get away with it. They stuck to their guns and hit pay dirt. I think Jars of Clay has done really well, too. And he goes, uh, Jars of Clay is a Christian band. P.O.D. has some stuff going on in that direction. I really don't know how much they're into it, but even if they mention it a little bit, that's good enough for me. It's a shame that it has to be like that. And uh, so this is the part I like. Because this interviewer is one of the worst interviewers (laughs) you've ever read. He goes, I agree. The industry has become so fixated with the need to label everything. It's got to be new metal or trip hop. Chris DeBaldo uh, interrupts him and says, well, they have to package it and then market it and sell it. And he, the guy goes, that's true. That must be frustrating from an artistic standpoint. And Chris goes, everything is run by the almighty dollar. I can sit here and talk about it all day, but that's the reality of it. I filled out the application, and it's just like when you're working at the fast food place. You realize you don't want to be there. Well, guess what? You filled out the application. I find that so fucking funny, John, that this guy goes like that. And, and it's such a symbol of this band. This guy's like, yeah, they have to fucking label everything. And then the guy from the band is like, uh, well, yeah, they do, because they have to put it somewhere at a record store to sell it. He's like, yeah, but they don't have to. I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. The interviewer was trying to get, a, I don't know what that interviewer had something in his mind. He wanted it to be, but oof, 
Well, I liked uh, I liked the only quote I had from this was actually just before the striper part because he's asking Chris about Christian music because he actually Chris brings it up unprompted and it makes me think that Saliva wanted to be a Christian rock band and decided not to for the like you know for the money and fame aspect of it and Josie Scott brings up like being very spiritual uh, a few times in the Shout Web interview because this is the question. It's interesting that San Diego, Seattle, LA, lots of cities have had their musical day, so to speak. Is that coming for Memphis? Will that time come? Chris says, I think it already has, or at least it has started with Saliva and Breaking Point, which is on Wind Up Records and Full Devil Jacket as well. And there's Primer 55 as well. There's four major label bands that I can spit out right now that all come from that area. There's actually a few more than that. There's a group, I think they're called Pog, that just got a huge signing. Evanescence is just down the street. They're from Little Rock, Arkansas, and there are just really good Christian rock bands. I want to mention a band called Skillet. I'm really proud of those people. They've been banging number one slots in their respective categories, still doing what they're doing, and they're gaining ground. We've covered Skillet on the show. And so then he kind of goes, I don't think anyone, this is the interviewer, I don't think anyone gives Christian rock the respect that it really warrants. It's a huge market, but for some reason, no one really perceives that. Maybe because it isn't considered mainstream, or maybe because only a few bands cut from that cloth have been able to cross over. Chris, well, the world is secular. It's a secular world we live in. Without touching too much on religion, the second you say that you're a Christian or a Christian band, no matter how good you are, you're automatically going to be lumped in a category on a shelf over here. Here's your people. You belong over here. Um, and then, yeah, and then he kind of goes, so, and then he goes into the, like, striper thing or whatever. So it sounds to me like he wanted to be a Christian rock guy in a Christian rock band. And they just decided, no, if we do like the jizz cover, uh, the jizz mouth yeah, cover, yeah. that would actually be better for us. So, yeah, I just shared his Twitter page. Yeah. I can see this. Chris, uh, or Chris, John, Chris, I'm, I called you Chris. I cheated on you with Chris James. <laughs> um, I, most of it's, ho- uh, cameo shit, right? Love that. Good and then you. you you get to happy 60th birthday, Brad Pitt, to the greatest movie star of our generation. And then it's hashtag Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt birthday, Brad Pitt 60th, BP 60. Oh, my God. And then he loves his family, of course. That's sure. Beautiful. Um, and then the next one is e- a retweet of Elon Musk. Thank you, veterans, past and present, for saving the world. Ah, good. Yes. And uh, oh, he just learned his Wu-Tang name. Oh, what is which is what? Oh, oh he didn't God. even write it down. He just said, I just oh, learned my wound. I'll find out. Oh, that's Josie good. Scott. All right, let's find out. Pesky professional. Oh, good. Mm. Glad we got very good. There. And then uh, more tweets here. You got Mac. You're my. So he's into football. Uh, now he's doing a. His Twitter's great. It's Josie Scott Rocks. And uh, it fucking rules to look at. I am a very big fan of. There you go. Like Check he posted like, Scott's Twitter. Number one, he posted. Ooh, look at this one. I gotta send it. The one more, John. I gotta. <laughs> show you this. I gotta show you this. You're gonna. Right. Josie Scott. So, guy posts a picture of a Kiss dining room table. Oh yeah. Josie Scott quote tweets that says, "Ooh, daddy likey." Oh no. <laughs> Don't like that. I I don't. Johnny, do not like you. <laughs> he's so fucking. And he, I just, ah, he's got a picture of himself with Tony Bennett. And he goes, farewell and good night, Mr. Bennett. 
Heaven's Choir just got one more beautiful double tenor. Respect. Respect. Um, so yeah, it's so funny to me. I I uh, love this. I think guy. I love this guy so much. And and yeah, I, I mean, the guy grew up Christian. It's not like you can be like, I'm not Christian anymore when you're in that kind of a situation. Like when you're in that kind of um, you grow up in the church. It, I I assume I didn't grow up in the church, but I assume it's really hard to like shake that stuff. Oh yeah, totally, totally. And and like I I think like Especially because it's I think his dad Josie's dad was like a pastor or an assistant yeah, pastor yeah, yeah. or something. So it reminds me of like Kings of Leon. Like they talk about that a lot. Where you know they yeah they became a secular rock band, but they grew up with like a pastor dad, and like that fucks you up. Yeah, yeah, and I think he just cuz now he's not in a band anymore and I mean he is the band. Why doesn't yeah. he he should just go tour. Well, now did you see I I should have brought this up, but he's um he is now touring under uh so he came back for a bit. So yeah, they replaced him with this guy Brian Amaru in 2011, I think he left the band. And then he came back for some reunion tours and then they were going to do a big reunion tour in 2020 and then COVID happened. So they got rid of that and then, uh, or that never happened. And then I guess there must've, and then Wayne Swinney died. Yeah. Uh, so now he is touring under Josie Scott's saliva. So he is singing, but it's a completely different band and he's just playing saliva songs with other guys, almost like a, cover band of his own band yeah yeah uh oh burrow is a beast in Bengals fan um yeah it, i think he's the only person in the band that i would ever care about for seeing. sure like i don't want i i think this is this probably is bad like as a and it is the power dynamic of every band is unfortunately maybe you're the guitar player and you write all the songs and the singer just sings the songs uh, once the singer leaves, I don't care to see the band ever again. For sure, like, that's the. I and and I know other people are kind of like, I know other people are kind of more open to hearing a new singer, but I just feel like, man, you 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 see a new singer and you want to. Uh, I, it, man, Josie Scott posts everybody's birthday. He's got David. He loves Cumberland. it. He happy loves his birthday. Guy. You are the man, baby. Um, Oh, he goes, uh, happy 71st birthday to one of the greatest rock and roll voices in the history of history. David Coverdale, you are the man, baby. Austin Powers accent. <laughs> He's good. I'm following him. Yeah, follow this uh, guy. Okay, last um, article. This is from the Cornell Daily Sun, uh, written by Ryan, April 12th, 2001. And I just wanted to post this. Or The, the article is cut off because it's from the you know the old internet so we only get like one question and answer but there's two great things first of all so the question is uh you must have some crazy so he says well the first question is where do you hail from so the guy doesn't even know so josie says memphis the guy says you must have some crazy influences then, <laughs> and then this is where we get uh this is such a classic new metal guy lists influences list that I just had to read it. And there's one very funny thing you're going to notice in the, in the answer as well. Yeah. A pretty well-rounded collection of influences from metal to country music, to hip hop, 
There's a large urban community in Memphis. We grew up, we, we grew up listening. That's not the funny thing, but that is a funny thing. We grew up listening to a lot of NWA run DMC and the beastie boys and triple six mafia. They're in Memphis, Al Capone, skinny pimp, stuff like that. We've had a lot of influences. We didn't have a lot of albums around the house when I was a kid because my parents were pretty strict. So I listened to the radio a lot. 80s radio like Peter Gabriel, the police and Duran Duran, stuff like that. So first of all, amazing classic new metal guy. We get 80s new wave uh, hip hop and some rock and roll. Because in the next question, he talks about like Slayer and Ozzy and Kiss like he did in the other interviews. And then also thinking that three six mafia is called triple six mafia yeah is beautiful he probably doesn't uh, this guy's it. never listened to a three six mafia song he's in one is he uh-huh oh yeah you're right okay at in 2001 he had never listened to a three six mafia song yeah he's in one i i was like i i now i understand it's from uh because he's from memphis because i was like there's got to be like a hundred fucking new metal singers more they qualified for this than yes. Josie side. It's called getting fucked up and it's on the Jackass two soundtrack. Great. Um, I, I, I want to hear it. So I will be listening to that a little later on. Love that. Uh, that's it. I think I had the one last article, Brian, where Josie Scott talks about how Chad Kruger fucked him over on hero. And he was going to uh, chase him. And he was going to get on a plane with him and hit him with yeah, a baseball bat and hit him with a baseball bat. That was really good. He was supposed to be paid $80,000 uh, to do the song and was paid $5,000. <laughs> that is really fucking insulting. <laughs> like, listen, you give me, 5, especially because that song fucking blew up. Like it's not know. a small song. You give me five thousand dollars, I'm happy as fuck. You know, I'm yeah. not even wondering where the other thirty-five thousand dollars is. But I mean, thirty-five that he got ripped off. He said it was a handshake deal with Chad Kroger. It's like Chad, give him forty thousand dollars. You're not broke, dude. Well, I mean, do you want to hear this? Like, okay, so Hero peaked at number one in Canada, number two in Ireland, Portugal, Poland. Uh, uh, and number one on the UK rock and metal charts, number four on the UK singles charts, number three on the Billboard Hot 100, number five on the Adult Top 40, number one on the Alternative Airplay chart, number one on the US Mainstream Rock Tracks chart, and number two on the US Mainstream Top 40 chart. It was an absolutely massive song. And, and probably gave Josie make, 5K. And, and, and Chad Carter was probably still making money on it. Like, well, and the funny part about that song, too, when I was reading that article, is like people who were on the song didn't want to be known that they were on the song. That's an embarrassing song. Which is really is. funny. Like the, the drummer on the song is Matt Cameron, who was the Pearl Jam drummer for a while. And uh, he didn't want to be in the video. So they got Jeremy Taggart from Our Lady Peace uh, to play the drums in the video because he cited family reasons, but like he, it's clear he just like didn't want to be in the, be seen as like, oh, I was the guy who played drums on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very good. Really, I good. Would, it's an embarrassing song. It really is. Yeah. It's so bad. Not a good song. Hey. Uh, anyway, that's that's it. That's the whole saliva story. Uh, so yeah. before we get to the, I love them too. Before we get to the end of the episode, do want to remind you that if you like the show and you want to support myself and Brian, you can head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the POD cast. That's cast with a K like the band corn. 
$4 a month gets you three bonus episodes every single month. Uh, last month in December, uh, we did a great bonus episode. I don't even remember what it was now. Uh, it's what been was a long time? I know we like we recorded at the start of December because I was away for Christmas. How good is this plug? I don't even remember what the last fucking bonus episode was that we did. Uh, oh yeah, of course. How could I forget? We did the Nightmare Revisited soundtrack. Fucking hated that out yeah, with my with my good friend Stefan Heck from Blocked Party. Uh, it was a uh, a reimagining of the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack. So that's up there. You also get immediate access to our entire back catalog, which is over 120 episodes. And you can also tell us what to do for a bonus episode. So if there's uh, a song or an album you want us to cover, uh, you can pay us to cover it. So head on over to our Patreon. All that information is there. You also get merch discounts, access to our Discord. We have video versions of our episodes. It's all up there. So go check that out. Patreon.com slash the POD cast. All right. We are now here at the... Oh, we didn't even do the tweet defense. Oh my God, Brian. What a failure I have been uh, to wrap it up. If you've never listened to the show before, instead of giving the album a review uh, a score we give it a, a tweet defense so if someone were to tweet at you saying this album sucked it's how many tweets you would do in defense of the album brian what is your tweet defense score please now i think i did this last month and i'm going to do it again this yeah month. you're resetting you're not this is out of 10 i'm just going to do out of 10 from yes. now on yes okay uh which will make all the other ones bad but it's fine i'm going to go with this out of 10 i'm going to give this a 7.5 Wow, seven and a half tweets. Yeah, it's uh, a good new metal album. It's actually like I would say a great new metal album. It's just yes. very cynical. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful uh, reimagine. Uh, it's a beautiful like remembering of the time, you know, and and a yeah. representation of the time as well. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I would go probably five. Um, I think I liked this album more than I thought I would. Uh, so there would definitely be some solid tweet defenses in there. I think click, click boom is just one of the best new metal songs. Full stop. Uh, it's just impossible to argue with really at this point, uh, for me. And, uh, yeah. And then I also, you know, Brian, when we were listening to this album, the last few days, we were texting back and forth about how this is a perfect album for our show. Uh, and really, yeah, it just has everything we love about this era, this time period. It's so perfect. It's a beautiful time capsule. And uh, yeah, this is already trending to be one of our longest episodes ever, but it I feels like it. we could have talked about this record for like two more hours. So like it good. Just, it's so good. So uh, yeah, great job, Saliva. Okay, let's move on to the challenge. If you're new to the show, every month we give ourselves a challenge based on this record. Last month, the challenge was to do an impression of Primus. And I won that challenge. Oh, yeah. But I'm shocked. I mean, Brian, it was pretty close. I won 55% to 45%, which makes me think that people just vote for you because they like you. Because uh, no offense, but I fucking whooped your ass in that. Yeah, challenge. I don't remember what I did, but you guys, John <laughs> deserves it more than I do generally. I think this one, I might have one. You I'm might not. have me, yes. But uh, so anyway, that brings our overall total to 24 wins for me, 25 for you, and two ties. Uh, so that uh, moves us on to this month's challenge. Brian, you came up with it. So do you want to introduce it? It's a simple one, really. And you're all going to be doing it when we're done, I think. You take yes. the three words or three words, click, click, boom, and change those and do the impression. So you have to do it in the Josie Scott voice. Yeah. But you you replace click, click, boom with yeah. another lyric. Are you yeah. ready for mine? Okay. I'm ready. <clears throat> Fart, oops, poop. 
Get oh, it? like I farted, and then it's like, oops, it was poop. Actually, that's good. Fart, that's good. oops, poop. <laughs> I like that. I like that. This one was a great one once you said it because um, I used to. Me and my friends had a joke about this song that I can now do, and uh, I think it fits with Josie Scott's overall uh, <laughs> ethos and the every six seconds kind of idea. I like that we both have gone very juvenile on this one. Of course. Uh, but you may imagine where I'm heading with this, but here is the my version of this song. <clears throat> clit, clit, boobs! All right, yes. I didn't think of clit. Yeah. I, 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 I said clit on the newest uh episode of guys that the cable news guys episode and it sounds so nasty yes it's like, like, i was like clit, clit boobs <laughs> i was good. like this is what i said john i said user lickety clit 69 <laughs> oh no nasty name but yeah that, that was right clit clit boobs yeah. i wanted to tell a story art oops story. poop is also very good i mean this is gonna be <laughs> This could be a tie. This is this could be a legendary uh, tie here because I feel like we both kind of nailed it. I do this all the time. Like I I I hear a song and then I'm like I want to make up a farts poop or sucking and fucking version of the song and then I get to work on it in my head and start singing it. <laughs> uh, well, there you have it. You can vote for the winner of the challenge on our Twitter. It's twitter.com slash the POD underscore cast. Again, cast with a K. You can also vote in the poll. Uh, last month, we moved the polls to our Patreon, uh, but it is free uh, and we'll link it on our Twitter. Um, so, you know, you don't have to worry about donating or whatever if you can't afford it or you don't want to donate to the show. That's totally fine. We just found that people have been quitting Twitter for very good reasons. So we wanted to be able to put the poll somewhere else for the people who quit Twitter. So the, the polls will be moving to Patreon, but the links will be on our Twitter. So you can follow twitter.com slash the POD underscore cast. If you don't know what the poll is, if this is your first time listening to the show, Brian and I uh, nominate two albums each, and then you, the listener, get to decide which album we cover next month for the POD cast. Brian, you and I were talking about this before the show. I don't know what albums you picked, but it sounds like you have a kind of interesting uh, theme or, or idea with uh, the albums for this month. So I really liked having a new band to talk about. I just, right. and when we, we get a new band, about saliva before and we never talked about saliva, we'd never listened to the album. And there's a couple of songs. There's a couple of albums that I've put in a poll so many times that haven't won. And I'm feeling bold, emboldened now that saliva won. Okay. Yeah. Kind of go back. Yeah, saliva, I think did officially set the record for most times in a poll without winning. Yeah. So these previously next, Sepultura, and I think Saliva passed them. So well, I think both of these are gonna break records, to tell you the truth. My number one is Spine Shank, Strictly Diesel. Yep. And my number two is Soulfly Self-Titled. I think I just I want I I just am addicted now to <laughs> these weird fucking bands. You know? Addicted. Addicted, yes. Um, well, I'm gonna go in an opposite direction. Two bands we have talked about before, but two bands we have not talked about in a very, very long time. And I think we are well overdue to talk about them again because they are two massive bands. Uh, so these are the first band we have not talked about since episode, I think, three of this show. It's either three or four. Um, it is uh, episode four. So these are actually back to back. So back on episode four, we talked about Linkin Park's hybrid theory. So I'm going to put up Linkin Park's Meteora. Uh, so we haven't talked about them in almost four years. 
And then the band we covered the very next month on episode five was System of a Down. We covered Toxicity, and we have not talked about System of a Down since then. I debated putting their self-titled up, but I think the articles and everything will be much funnier if we cover Mesmerize uh, by All System right. of a Down. So I'm putting up Meteora, Linkin Park, Mesmerize, System of a Down. We'll see what wins. We'll see what we cover next month. Again, you can find that on our Twitter, twitter.com slash the POD underscore cast. If you want to donate to the show, support the beautiful boys of the POD cast. It is patreon.com slash the POD cast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for finally picking saliva. This episode was a blast. We'll see you back here next month. Goodbye. Bye.